0: say a prayer, just three things I'm grateful for, just waking up, you know, just God giving me strength and just being able to move and wake up.
1: Hello and welcome to Mindful Warrior Radio. My name is Cami Craig. I'm a former elite athlete and Olympic champion turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior. And I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to connect with incredible humans to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. We're so happy to have you joining us. Today on Mindful Warrior Radio, we welcome retired NFL tight end, mental health advocate and founder and partner of Sage Elite Wellness Clinic, Brandon Bostick. Brandon has spent a lifetime in elite athletics. His career suffered after a traumatizing mistake on the largest stage. Through his experience and the challenges that followed, Brandon has committed to evolving his own and others' mental health and well-being. Sage Elite Healing and Wellness Clinic is designed to serve their clients in bridging peak performance and quality of life to cultivate soulful purpose. I want to give a warm welcome as I'm thrilled to have Brandon join us on Mindful Warrior Radio. Welcome, Brandon. I was saying it's about time that we finally record one of these conversations that we often have. I'm really excited to have you here today.
0: Thank you for having me, Kim.
1: So, Brandon, you have been doing some incredibly courageous work and critical work surrounding your mental health. You have been a leader in the mental health space, and you are co-founder and partner at Sage Elite Healing Wellness Center. So not only are you doing this for yourself, you're creating a space for others to do that for themselves as well. I think for me, getting to know you as a human and just the wonderful person you are has been a lot of fun, just developing our friendship. But as I kind of learned more about you, and did the research going into our time together, it just only deepened my respect for you and all that you have experienced throughout your life and the work that you've put in and where you're going. So it's been fun to get to know you a little bit outside of the brand and that I've gotten to know, and I'm excited to dive a little bit more into your story today.
0: Wow, Kimmy, you make me seem so so awesome. Thank you.
1: I want to ask you this question first. Your mental health really began following a traumatic mistake on the largest stage that altered and kind of threatened the trajectory of your career. If you can, would you be willing just to give a little color to our listeners? Share what happened in that moment for you.
0: We were playing a big game. It was the game before the Super Bowl, so NFC Championship game. If we won that game, we would have went to the Super Bowl. At that moment of the game, it was a very big play. We just needed to get the ball. I mean, we just needed to, I guess, recover the ball, get the ball, and we would have ran the clock out. We would have nailed down in the game. But we didn't get to do that because of my mistake. So at that time, they kicked the ball off, and I jumped for the ball. I was kind of in no-man's land. Like, should I catch the ball or should I block my guy? And at the time, I just mm-hmm. made it just a natural instinct, just, just made it athletic. I was thinking, just jump for the ball. I'm like, oh, shit, that's not my assignment to play at that moment. So I dropped the ball, and then we didn't get the ball. And then I looked looked up. I just remember looking up at the scoreboard, and um, they were like, the Seahawks had the ball, and the fans was going crazy, and everyone was screaming my name. Like, what are you doing? And the fans, just all that stuff that goes on with it. So at that moment, that's, that's when pretty much my world was, like, flipped upside down.
1: Yes. What were some of the feelings and experiences following that moment? What did that feel like?
0: I just felt like I let my team down. You know, like, I was putting all the blame on myself. Like, if I would have did this and that, you know, I was playing that game in my head, and then I was just blaming myself. Um, blaming my, just, I was just blaming myself because I thought I just couldn't catch. I didn't have any confidence in myself. I was shameful. I just had all these different emotions about myself and just, all these different emotions from everyone else, so it was just a lot to deal with at the time. I just never experienced anything like that at that critical of a moment, and at that peak of the moment, you know, I was at my very, very the top of the level of my profession. I would say so. Uh, I just never experienced a set or a fall that low, you know.
1: Yeah, I can really come alongside of you in this, Brandon, because my first Olympic Games in 2008, my team made it to the finals of the Olympics and we were favored for gold and the team that we actually were playing in the finals we had done like a training camp with in China prior to to starting the Olympic tournament and we were crushing them absolutely killing them and i think one thing that i found really unique about going into these finals and playing in in this game against Holland is i don't remember almost any of it and we went through and we ended up losing the game by one in the last 20 seconds and i was a part of that last 20 seconds i had a touch on the ball trying to get it into the back of the cage to at least tie the game for the opportunity to win a gold medal and it's like first of all like how many times in our lives are we in that position to you know progress to the super bowl or how many times in our life are we in a position to win a gold medal at the olympic games and how elevated and heightened yeah. are your senses and how, you know, n- nerve wracking it is. But it, oh, yeah. it, it's crazy because I remember going through the mixing zone after the game and the reporter looked at me and said, how does it feel that Dutch player De Bruyne scored seven goals against your team? And I didn't even know she had scored that many goals. I didn't even know that we weren't covering her appropriately, that that was a source of where it was all coming from, because I was so almost kind of like blacked out, like I don't even remember the experience. And so when you talk about making that kind of athlete instinct or just like reacting in that moment, it really resonates because when you're in that high intensity, high elevated moment and it's new to you, you've never been there before. That was both of us in those experiences. It's just interesting how you respond. What comes up for you there?
0: Just hearing you say how you kind of blacked out, I definitely, I'm just thinking about that moment. Exactly. I definitely had a blackout moment. I just wasn't there. I just, I dropped the ball, and then the next thing, you know, I was on the sideline with my head down. I don't remember anything between. I don't remember it. Like, I remember dropping the ball, being on the sideline, and then I remember being in the locker room after the game. Like, anything between there was kind of blurry for me. Until I actually went back and, um, you know, during therapy, just digging deep, started to figure out the details. I didn't know the score of the game. I didn't know the time limit. I didn't know anything. Because I guess I just, like my psychologist told me that when you're in those moments, your brain kind of has this mechanism where it doesn't want to remember what happened. So you definitely kind of black out in those moments when you, I guess your emotions are too high. I don't really know how to describe it to you.
1: Or, I mean, like, maybe it's we're in such a state of, like, fight or flight that, like, yeah. that's part of the protective mechanism of, like, I'm just going to shut this off so that you actually don't have to experience how maybe emotionally or physically or through the brain how how painful it is, if you will. But that's really interesting that we both have experienced that. And it also, I think what's interesting is that you took the time, like had to take the time to break that down in therapy and walk through it with your therapist and it was all there it just wasn't at the front of the mind it was like buried deep within you to protect yourself from that following that particular moment okay so you took us through like I remember like coming off the field and sitting in the locker room and the feeling of disappointment and Again, all eyes on you. I think that's the hardest part as an athlete is just that you are literally on a stage, not only on the field or in the pool, but off the field and outside of the pool as well in your everyday life. But what did you start noticing was the impact of that moment for you?
0: Most importantly, my thoughts about myself, how I feel about myself. and just, the backlash, I got it from social media. So I guess it just kind of confirmed it, you know? So I was already having those thoughts about myself, like, "Damn, like, yeah. you suck at football, you can't catch. So when I got on social media, I was getting those things and this fan mail and all the things that come with being a professional athlete. I was getting the backlash from that, so it kind of just reaffirmed what I was already having the thoughts about myself. So um, that's kind of the backlash I got from it. And just those two things put together, I guess, caused a, a monster inside of me.
1: How did that impact like your personal day-to-day, and how did that impact how you were showing up in your profession as an athlete?
0: Well, looking back on it now, thinking about it, I didn't know I had any of these mental health issues I have now. So when I was playing, I didn't know any of this. I was just trying to make the next team, trying to make the next game. I was just trying to feel focused on the dream to stay in the NFL. So I wasn't really worried about my mental health. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what mental health was. I didn't have a therapist. Like No one told me. I didn't know anything about trauma. I wasn't raised in that kind of environment to really understand that stuff. So looking back on it, I had no idea until recently, until maybe 2017, maybe, I think. Yeah. Like, started to think about mental health and started to figure out what it was. So I had no idea until that moment. And recently, 2020, I started to really dive deep into my mental health and figure out why I was thinking the way I was thinking and feeling what I was feeling.
1: Yeah. When did you know that you were battling something that was bigger than yourself and that you needed support. I think I ask you this question because for me there, and and this may not have been your experience, but for me, transitioning out of a 15 year career at the highest level of athletics and into normal life was really challenging. And I can specifically remember the moment in which I was sitting in my car and I realized that my boyfriend at the time couldn't fix what I was going through. My parents at the time couldn't fix what I was going through, and my friends that were closest to me in my like inner circle couldn't fix what I was going through, and that this was way bigger than myself in my support group, and I knew that I had to reach out for hmm. for professional help. Um, and like you, I think you know, I had a sports psychologist going through the olympic experience but i never used it in the way that i really needed to use it in that moment so i'm curious of did you have a moment like that was it a series of moments for you but um what really was that kind of point where you're like okay this is bigger than me and i actually need to reach outside myself i would
0: say i have a just a bunch of series of moments i remember when it first happened i was just deep down depressed like 2015 i was depressed like just find different ways to cope with it unhealthy, you know, just partying, drinking, yep. just escaping and just distracting myself. So I did that for um, maybe five years, 2015 to 2020. That's all I was doing, distracting myself mm-hmm. um, with different pleasures. That moment for me was COVID, 2020 during COVID. I'm um, just being with myself, you know, spending a lot of time with myself. There is no distractions, There is no jam. Right. There is no, like no one, it was just me and my girlfriend at the time, so That was my moment, just being with my girlfriend and just understanding each other, understanding my emotions and just like, Brandon, you're not doing okay. Like, you're not, you're just not yourself. You know, I felt the same way you felt. So I reached out for support and I went to get treatment. I actually went to peer treatment recovery center in California, so I did 30 days after I had that moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to share what that moment's like where you kind of are taking a look outside yourself and saying like, okay, it's time. I think that is probably one of the more challenging steps to take as an athlete um, is to actually reach out and ask for that help. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so I think, you know, there's a reason why I really wanted to give this question some space for both of us to share that experience because i think it takes some serious amount of courage and there is like stigma and like shame and embarrassment and concern i think even too here you've had social media like tear you apart here you've probably had the the league not be so kind to you following what you experience i'm sure you've had friends kind of shift their position so, like, even how do you trust somebody to come in and help you with that journey as well? I found myself being like, you know, who's not going to take advantage of the position in which I'm in um, and where I'm coming from and where's the safety and trust in that? Did you experience anything like that or have any of those feelings?
0: I definitely have those feelings. And just to hear you say it, just coming from a man, you know, I had that, that ego is always on your shoulder. So I'm telling you. You're strong. You can have it. You know, you just fight through this. Having that athletic mindset dealing with mental health doesn't really doesn't really solve too many um, issues. So I had to learn that. I had to learn that it's OK, like you said, to reach out. There are some good people that will help if you speak up and just, you know, just voice your opinions, voice your feelings. So um, I definitely had to get that, get my ego in check and really ask for help and see myself differently than I ever had. So that was definitely a big point for me, just that point of being vulnerable with myself and another person about what I was going through.
1: I mean, it's it's so it's so interesting because, you know, I think I look at you and I I know where I was coming from from just coming out of the Olympic Games and visually we're like the strongest people walking the earth. You know, we talk about strength, what it takes so like yeah. visually, you know, like here we are quad just, quad. yeah, quad squad, like, you know, strong as can be challenged within in the mental game a bit and the emotional and the, and just the impact of what, you know, we both kind of went through on our own spectrum, on the own side of our own roads of doing our own journey. Um, but I think what I have learned through the healing process and what I've learned through really committing to self-care is there's nothing weak about it. It takes some serious discipline. It takes some serious courage, some serious, like just commitment to do the critical work. And it is not like, it is heavy lifting. It is challenging stuff. To be willing to look in the mirror uh, <laughs> and dig deep and pull some of those painful things that you've experienced. Now. Every day. Yes. And so I think it's way less demanding to ignore. It can be more painful to ignore, but um, it takes some serious strength to be able to lift and do the work that you need to do to come out on the other side of kind of the darkness, if you will. Does anything come up for you around that?
0: Of course, can you?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot comes up. But yeah, it definitely takes a lot just hearing that, you know. I don't know how far I've come just coming out of that darkness by myself. So I'm sure you can relate to that. And just, you know, I still, every day when I wake up, I'm in that dark. Every day I wake up, I just have this, my mind, my brain always reverts back to that Seattle moment, how I feel. Yep. That's exactly how I feel when I wake up every morning, I feel like. I just dropped the ball. I just dropped the ball. I'm like, what, like, why do I feel like this every day? So every morning I wake up I feel like I dropped the ball. So I just had to start my day, just get myself going, just picking Brandon up, you know? So um, yeah. I definitely can relate when you're talking about, you know, doing the heavy lifting. Like, you know, some days it's just getting up and just being present.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: all you can do some days, you know? So every day is definitely a lot of heavy lifting for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's why you're so, like, so built. <laughs> It's so huge because you're doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to you. the heavy
0: lifting.
1: You are. Mentally and
0: physically.
1: You are. You are. I want to talk to you a little bit about vulnerability because you you bring up the importance of vulnerability. But I'm curious of more of what is what was the importance of vulnerability to you specifically? And what role did it play in your healing?
0: To be honest with you, it definitely opened a lot of doors for me. It opened a lot of doors for support. And um, it's helping other people. Like you said, we're athletes and just just our friends or just whoever is going through similar situations, seeing us go through It's like, okay, if that big, strong guy can, you know, if he can do this, he can do that, then I should be able to pull myself together. So it's definitely uplifting for me just to speak on how I feel because I know that other people are kind of feeling the same. And when I first started this journey I'm like I still had that mindset of I don't want to share how I'm feeling you know like it's just yep. I just wanted to be I just wanted to keep that close to me because I feel like that was very personal but now I'm on this journey now I start to see that it's bigger than me it's part of my journey and that this journey is definitely setting me up for something better
1: no no doubt and I think you know it's been it's been cool to support you from afar in some ways and you know, listen to the podcast and see some of the interviews and watch you start to share this part of your story in such a positive light and on such a positive stage and the importance of that and watching you get more and more comfortable in sharing that story. And it's coming with more ease. So in a way, For me, as your friend, it's almost like I get to witness it become lighter for you, as it becomes easier for you to talk about. Yeah. Um, And that's a really cool perspective to be able to see. And I think you know, again, your story—you carry such great insight and wisdom with that story. And everyone has their drop-the-ball moment, and to have you be able to speak about it in the way that you do is super powerful. I'm a little bit curious I want to know about you're really really committed to again waking up and bringing Brandon up each day as you said and you've gone through some intense times of healing and you've been on a consistent like continue to feed that healing process for yourself and so I think if like we were gonna do a little bit of, okay, these were signs of where I was at. And these are the things that I'm committed to daily that are like the recipe to helping me feel like I'm present or helping me get up during the day, or like these are the things that are really contributing to my mental health today. What would that look like for you?
0: Well, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I just. As soon as my eyes open, I just say a prayer. Just three things I'm grateful for: just wake, waking up, you know, just God giving me strength, and just being able to move and wake up. So that's the first thing I do: just give myself gratitude. Then I just I usually go to my meditation. So I go to my breathing. I get my prayer and my breathing. Then I then I try to just start my day. So those are the first two two things I start my day. If I can get through those, and then usually take my medication, then I can usually have a semi-decent day. So once I get those three things going. Um, their brain is pretty. I'm in a decent shape to do stuff. So I do those three things, and I always got to do something mental and physically. So I usually do my weightlifting, my yoga, and that's usually how my day goes on the first half. And these whatever I chose to do after that is whatever. But I most likely need to do those five things to at least have a to my decent day.
1: And what happens when you feel? more challenge than usual what's like kind of the big guns routine or like the call-in for that like what helps you on a day that's relatively (laughs) challenging
0: my dog my dog marley he's yeah he usually gets me going because usually i wake up in the morning i don't sleep with my dog in my bed i sleep in the cage so it kind of gives me a reason to get up you know yep so i put it like that for a reason so i have to get up off my bed to go to his cage to get up and let him out so so usually if I get if I can get to his cage and get him up and going then I know that he's gonna love on me love on me and then I yeah. can just, you know, continue my steps. So my dog is very important. And when I don't have my dog, I usually to be honest, I usually just I just wait it out, and just fight through it, just wait for wait just wait for that. The light that comes on, I get that breakthrough. So I haven't found a way to cope with it without my dog yet. Yeah that big guns uh, you know something that can just change my life
1: yeah I'm I'm curious do you hold a perspective for yourself when you kind of get into those spaces you know I I've really struggled with anxiety throughout my life and I think one thing a perspective that I hold pretty close to myself is that I know that this won't this feeling won't last forever is a perspective that like becomes a mantra at times in those moments, because it's just a reminder, like no matter how much discomfort I'm sitting in, in the moment that it's not going to be for the rest of my life. And I can find some hope that there's a start and an end in what I'll be experiencing in almost anything. So I'm curious of, do you have a perspective or a mantra or something that you drop in that helps you through different times?
0: I don't. I have a. I mean, I've, I've learned a bunch of different mantras, but it's so great to hear you tell me that. So I need to get on that. But I have. I usually just say my prayers. Yeah. Whatever song, music, dog, just whatever I can, just to get me going. That's usually what I rely on. And some days I don't. I don't. You know, I, some days I put pressure on myself to get up, and some days I don't. You know, so I, have to, I I've learned to be gentle with myself in those moments, not being too hard on myself. Yeah. Because um, that's what I did. After the Seattle game, I was already down. But I just kept kicking myself down. So now when I'm in those moments, I try to, like you said, I try to just know that I'm not alone. And this feeling isn't going to last forever. So I um, usually just try to rely on those things. And usually the light will turn on for me eventually.
1: Let's talk a little bit about this idea of being gentle with ourselves. I like to say giving ourselves grace. That is a freaking hard thing to do, especially when you're an elite athlete, especially when you're a high performer, especially when you're a perfectionist. And I have found that I am far more kind to myself and more gentle to myself today than I probably have ever been in my whole life. And I'm still not that great at it. So I'm kind of curious about how have you strengthened that muscle for yourself I'm not even sure that I could speak to it that well right now, but I'm curious of what's coming up for you in regards to how do you strengthen being gentle and give with yourself and giving yourself grace?
0: I would say I kind of get, get out of that athletic mindset. I try to put myself in that mindset of just loving, you know, I don't try to like, for example, I'm very competitive. So I go work out. I'm always like, what did I do yesterday? Now I'm like, Brandon, just get to workouts and do the best you yeah. can. Like, you don't have to compete with yourself. Like, you don't have to be the best one in the class. Like, so just little moments like that where I don't have to be so aggressive. I can be more relaxed. Just, just little moments like that I find myself. And just when I'm in that dark place, I try to tell myself nice things. But when I'm tired, that's usually when my bad things come up. So I'm at the gym. Um, it's like those negative thoughts and that self-doubt. Come, I'm like, come on, Brandon, you can do this. I'm more cheering myself on now. Yeah, Really talking to myself in a positive way. So. When I say really love on myself, that's what I do mentally and I do it physically, you know, like going to the gym, doing yoga, like hiking. That's really what I call loving on myself. Yep. Reading, like Anything that makes me feel good, I like to classify as loving on yourself.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like that was a practice to get to a place where you could speak positively to yourself in those moments and to put things in place? like movement and meditation and prayer and gratitude practice, do you feel like that was a practice to even get there and start dropping those things into place? It's, it's,
0: it's so funny to hear you say that. That's what my therapist called it. You know, just putting things into place to make me more soft, you know, because I, I was a football player, so I always had to be that that muscle man, be aggressive and just yep. can't be the gentle giant. So now I'm like, hey, I want to be this gentle giant. guy. I don't need to be so masculine all the time. I want to be more feminine you do more feminine things and have more yep. feminine energy, all that, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's been crazy to dive deep into both sides of myself.
1: Well, and like what, what a world to explore. I love hearing you talk about all of this because I think one of the questions I have for you, cause it was from a place of curiosity for me. And what have I, what I've experienced as an athlete is, Did you feel like there was space or room to access both the feminine and the masculine while being a football player to give grace and be gentle to yourself while you're competing at the top to put in these self-care practices outside of your regimen of training? Do you feel like there was any space to have any of this exist and have those softer parts of you while you were being an athlete at the highest level?
0: when I was playing, I definitely didn't, uh, there's definitely any space for that. Or it just wasn't as talked about as it is now. You know, there's more people talking about what they're doing and what they're experiencing and ways to help with what, they, to make them feel better. So I think it's different. That's a different time we're in now. So when I was playing, it was more like, you know, I was so focused on football, man. I was, there was no mental health. There was no self-care. There was football, watch film, workout, sleep do it all over again. So there was no time for yourself. There's more time for your career. So now that I've noticed that I'm away from the game, there's more time to do that. I'm starting to see more people do it. And there's more social media. There's more people being open with what they're doing. So now I'm starting to see people live their lives different than they ever have, just from people being vulnerable like us.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, again, it's the importance of you sharing your story and your journey. I think, you know, as I reflect on the healing and the growth and exploring different kind of dynamics of myself. Today, I look back at what it was like to train for an Olympic quad, the intensity in which that environment held, the toughness in which I had to have, because it's kind of, I mean, it's a pretty ruthless environment because you're constantly trying out for teams like, You know, you never quite made the Olympic team until you're about two months out. Like, there's just, there's a hardness that I had to hold to get through it. No job
0: security.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. So there's a, there's a hardness that I had to hold to get through it. And there's no way that I could have invited in the softness that I've gotten to today. Cause I feel like it would have eaten me alive. And I am I wish I could go back from the perspective that I have now or with what I've learned now to see like, how would that have made me a different player? How would that have made me a different teammate? Like, you know, would it, ha- would have it like eaten me alive? Like, did I really have to be as hard as I was? Did I really have to be as tough as I was? Did I have to do the things that I felt I had to do to survive? I'm not sure, but I'm curious, like, what's coming up for you as I kind of talk about, like, could you imagine going back into the game with some of these softer sides of you and, like, how would it how would it impact the way that you played? How would it impact the way that you showed up? Or would you just say, like, no, that'd be like going out without my pads and helmet, Cammie. I wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't change my mindset. Just from playing football, you kind of – got to have that mindset. Just like you said, you know, you're, every day you're trying out for the team. You just never know. Every day is a new day. Like, you're always trying up for a team. Like, there's someone always trying up for your spot. There's always competition. There's always... I think, just, I think like you said, you have friends on your team that you're competing with, but they're trying to take your spot. So it's just mm-hmm. a weird dynamic that you're in. So it's kind of hard to let your guard down because someone's trying to take your spot but they're your friends. So it's kind of a weird dynamic. So I think everyone just goes to this masculine <laughs> mode where, you no, know, I'm just not letting anyone in. I'm this hard person. So. I think sports at the highest level kind of makes you into that hard person. I think you kind of have to be that way in order to get there. Um, Because I've seen so many people not have that mindset, not have that hardness, and they don't really, but they have the talent, but they don't have the mindset or the hardness to, I guess, take that extra step. So I think that's kind of the gift and the curse of being a professional athlete or being the top of your profession. Like, you got to take the good with the bad, Cam. That's what I, that's my perspective on.
1: Yeah, that's really well said. I think it's interesting from this position in this conversation where we're talking about, like, okay, yeah, we would never go out without our, you know, pads and helmet on. We wouldn't go out in the softer versions of ourselves and try to be high level elite athletes. But I think what's cool for us right now is the ability to be vulnerable enough to share what it was like following our careers, what it was like after experiencing great loss within our careers and be vulnerable about the impact of that on the other side like we can be leaders in this space to say like hey it's kind of rough yeah. but there's ways of getting through it you will survive like we got your back we'll tell our stories we'll huddle around you and like we got you but what i would love to like encourage and inspire those who are going through elite athletics right now or any type of high performance arena is to figure out how to find those different la- layers and levels of yourself to see where softness can show up on the largest stage. I'm, you know, I'm seeing some of our athletes bring that to their performance. Um Naomi Osaka, I think is, I think a leader kind of in that space. She's a professional tennis player and She's really sharing a lot of heart along with her fierceness in the way that she's showing up in the playing field. But I think it's that generation yeah. behind us that's going to have to get creative to figure out how to be whole people. I mean, I would you say that you're coming into a more whole version of yourself now that you are able to go through this like healing process and have that space?
0: I definitely am a more whole person. and Like you said, I think the generation that's coming up next with us being leaders and just being vulnerable, they'll definitely have a different way to do things, you know, even when I coach my kids and I mentor some kids, you know, people reach out, I let them know, you know, there's different ways to do things, you know, like, you don't have to be so hard and masculine, like, especially the kids that I coach, you know, I coach them way differently, I don't coach them with aggression, I don't yell at those kids, I mean, I yell at them, but at the same time, I show them some love, you know, I give them that confidence because I know what the yelling does, I already did, I know what it did to me. I know what just someone telling you that what you aren't over and over, over over and over again, I know Mm -hmm. what that leads to. You know, I know what that feels like. So, like, whenever I'm trying to coach someone, you know, I'm going to be hard on them, but at the same time, I'll make sure I love them or tell them something good about themselves, you know, try to balance out that. So I don't really tear these kids down. I just just try to leave with more love and aggression.
1: It's a delicate balance for sure. I'm wondering what is important to you now? like in this moment, from where you're at, moving forward with your new perspective and your new approach, what's important to you and what do you hold close to your heart?
0: Being at peace and and loving myself, those two things that I try to hold close to myself and just other people, you know, just try to leave with peace and love, just try to not cause harm to people, those two things I try to leave by. So now that I'm on this journey, I've been trying to find ways to do that any way that I can. So those are two things that I've really been trying to focus on this year and and just just keep, on this journey that I'm on.
1: And I'm going to keep calling you and and mining for what are those good pieces and things that you are figuring out and discovering. You're <laughs> you inspire me as well. I think we've I'm got. Try,
0: can I'm like I so many different things.
1: Yeah, no, you're you're an incredible you're an incredible resource and a wealth of information in regards to different approaches and just self love, like you said. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you are doing at Sage Elite Healing and and what that's about and the the general idea of it?
0: Well, the idea came, I started my journey. So I saw all the things that I was doing that made me feel better. And I was in group there with other players. And then I got introduced with the, my guy who I work with now, Mark Van So I met Mark through a bunch of players, and we just kind of hit it off. I had the athletic mindset, and Mark came with the clinical with the therapy mindset, so uh, we just put that together. He had an awesome clinical program, awesome great mindset, so I was attracted to that, and we just had like mindsets, and we just partnered together to create sage late healing, so just to focus on the mind and body and those two things and just trying to live a better quality of life. I've seen what all the things I've done, how they've made my life better, so. I just wanted to give back and help other people and other athletes who are experiencing the same Live a better quality of life. So uh, we just partnered together to join to partner partners just founded Sage Elite Healing.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll make sure everyone gets information to that so they can check you guys out and use you as a resource. Last question for you here that I like to ask everyone who comes on here is what parts of yourself are you looking forward to developing and why? <laughs>
0: I just had this moment, like, damn, do I want to go there? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I, I've really been struggling with understanding of females, you know, just the emotional side of a female, just connecting with women and understanding how they feel, just that side. I've really been trying to focus on that, because that's usually what I struggle with. I think my mental health plays a part into it, because sometimes I don't I have that feeling, like, I don't allow myself to have feelings for people. I don't really allow people in. You have that, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to get hurt. You know, all those different things that come into it. So I have to constantly remind myself to just, you know, be brand and, you know, just things that work out for you. Just have more empathy towards people and just listen to understand, not to respond. So there's little things like that I try to work on because I know I'm not really the best at So that's what I've been working on Cammy. just understanding my emotions and other people's emotions.
1: No doubt you'll get there. I mean, with the commitment and the way that you show up consistently for yourself, if you're building that, if you're building that awareness, like you're going to get there. I, I believe in that. So I'll put that good energy around you as you take off and go back into the world for sure. <laughs> I I want to thank you so thank you, much. Kim, I appreciate that. Yes. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing just a bit of your story and what has worked well for you, what's been challenging for you, and how you continue to want to grow, and even the space that you've created for other people to do the same. I, again, I am so grateful that I've just gotten to know you as a human and not all of, you know, the backstory of who you are. And I'm so incredibly proud of the journey that you're on. And like I said, you inspire me. There's a reason why I connect with you constantly, you know, throughout the weeks, months, because you're good energy and you're doing some really great things in the world and we need it. And I appreciate you for that.
0: Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having me on.
1: All righty. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you to those who joined us today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with retired NFL tight end and mental health advocate, Brandon Bostic. Brandon and I discussed how he identified his mental health challenges, the courage it really takes to ask for help, and his discipline in his everyday practices to keep his mental health at peak performance. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take the opportunity to share with a friend, follow Mindful Warrior Radio, and leave a review. To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. I look forward to our next discussion here at Mindful Warrior Radio.